You're about to listen to a previously recorded podcast valued by growth junkies everywhere. Enjoy. Heart, soul, mind, and strength. These are the four dimensions of human health. This is where growth happens, and it's addicting. Welcome to the Growth Junkies podcast. Well, hello there, Growth Junkies, and welcome to the Growth Junkies podcast. I am your host, Kent Del Husay, and I'm joined by the other guy. His name is Ben Boast. Hi, Ben. Hi, Kent. It's you know, I was just thinking, my last name is a mouthful. Your last name is a four-letter word. <laughs> That's a lot easier. And that, uh, you know, keeps me humble, I guess. It must be nice to have a four-letter word as a first name. And a last name. Oh, that's right. You're Ben. Four letter. Yeah. Two N's? No. <laughs> ben with two N's. Well, it's Ben with one N. Yes. Last name boast. Ben and I are the hosts of this podcast and we talk about all kinds of things related to character development and personal growth. So we call ourselves the growth junkies, not because we're the only ones, but because we are just two of many. And we are kind of sending out a signal putting out the vibe to the world that there are other growth junkies out there. And we're hoping you're going to join with us as we explore all kinds of topics relevant to personal development and growth. And so we're super interested in all the things that get us healthy and help us grow. And so we've been talking the last few episodes about negative reality and grief. And today we want to talk about another really important and timely topic called Empathy. Mm-hmm. Empathy. That's kind of a, a popular buzzword these days, isn't it, Ben? It is very popular. It's, uh, it's something people are talking a lot about. It, is, it has been called, and I, like, I actually like this, it's been called the secret sauce of life. Mm-hmm. Empathy is the secret sauce because it goes on everything. <laughs> and you know, the secret sauce is always the sauce you put on things that make them taste better. And so you could say that empathy is useful in all circumstances. Now, we're going to test that today. I think we're going to find that there are some perhaps limitations, and we'll get into that. But right now, we want to begin by talking about the importance of empathy and to affirm the reality that it is important and it's useful. And I would go so far as to say that it's not applied enough. Are you saying it's the sriracha of personal growth and development? It's the Heinz 57, <laughs> uh, which what, if you don't know what that is, Growth Junkies, that's like an old sauce that's been around a long time that's supposed to be the sauce that goes on everything. Now, I don't know what your secret sauce is, but when it comes to relationships and people and like getting along well, empathy does tend to make relationships sweeter, saltier, whatever you choose, whatever term you want to use better. And I I would say that as a guy that um, naturally is not super empathetic by nature, um, I've come to really appreciate empathy. And and so much so that I would say that I crave it. Hmm. I crave empathy. I really want people to understand me. I want people to get me. Um, the, The terminology that's used of empathy is it's about feeling felt. Huh. Feeling felt. You know, like, you know, we, we say like, do you feel me? Do you feel me? Like we put that out there. What we're asking is for people to say, yeah, I feel you. Meaning, yeah, I get you. I hear you. I understand you. Not just that I understand you like an intellectual level, yeah. but I'm sort of connecting with you. 
Now, the word that's used in the counseling world and in the coaching world is attunement. Mm-hmm. I'm attuning with you. And to attune is sort of like an instrument. It's getting in tune. It's actually getting on the same tune with somebody else and feeling them. And not just feeling them, but actually they end up feeling felt by you. Mm. There's a difference. There's definitely a difference. I think that we can say that we feel somebody else, but it almost doesn't matter unless they feel that too. Yeah, and we have these series of the words, like sympathy, mm-hmm. empathy, apathy. <laughs> yeah. These different, because I'm sitting there thinking through this as you're talking about it, and I'm going like, okay, is so is sympathy going, I feel bad for you. Mm-hmm. Empathy is, I'm feeling with you. And apathy is, I don't care about you. Yeah. <laughs> So let's, let's talk about that. Is, is there a difference between like, let's take sympathy and empathy. I think we use those words synonymously at times. Now, some say that it's, uh, they're very different. Like Brene Brown, you know, has made a big deal and even has this popular video out there about the difference between sympathy and empathy. Mm-hmm. And so I, I don't know if there's significant difference, but I would say there is a, uh, there is a bit of a difference and I'll put it this way. If you look up the words in the dictionary, So like you look up the word empathy, you will find the definition is to suffer with another. Hmm. Whereas the word sympathy, and it's similar, but the word sympathy says to feel with someone. So if you just take the dictionary definitions of sympathy and empathy, here's the difference. Sympathy is to feel what others are feeling, whether it's good or bad, positive or negative. So in other words, I can be sympathetic with you in your fun, in your enjoyment, in your happiness. Empathy seems to be sort of the, the, the negative or sad side of feeling. It means to suffer with others. So I think one distinction could be that sympathy is more of a broad-based term. Mm. To sympathize is basically to, to feel with other people, whatever they're feeling, positive or negative. Give but empathy, yeah. In a... In a- happy way yes yes but empathy might not be to feel what people are feeling when they're happy it's to feel what they're feeling when they're blue when they're sad when they're hurting so empathy seems to be more of a directive term to people's pain do you empathize with me when i ask that question what i'm really asking is do you feel my pain can you suffer with me and then do you have a a a accessible definition for apathy there with you right now? No, I, I don't, but apathy would be to be disconnected, to, to not feel any of it. So I think we probably can make the argument that we are either apathetic or sympathetic at all times. Either you are connected to people's experiences and feelings or we're disconnected. And then sympathy or empathy would be to be connected to people's suffering. So you are an empathetic person if you can feel others' pain. Does that make sense? You were talking, I pulled up a definition for apathy and uh, absence or suppression of passion, emotion, or excitement, mm-hmm. and then a lack of interest in or concern for things that others find moving or exciting. You're just Interesting. Like, nah. I think it's fair to argue that, you know, empathy and apathy are two sides of the scale. Yeah, and, and you could probably put a dot on the line as to where you are. I would say this, again, speaking honestly and openly, uh, my natural nature is not to be empathetic. 
Um, sympathetic, a little bit more natural for me. Like I, I think for a lot of us, you know, it's easy to enter into somebody's joy. Mm. You know what I mean? You want to throw a party. I want to be there, right? I, you want to have a good time. I want to go with you. Mm. That, that is so much easier for me to feel sympathy, but to have empathy. Well, that's not easy because it's painful. Yeah. Messy. Yeah. Yeah. It's messy. It's complex. And it's, you know, going down to the proverbial well with somebody or into the pit with them and sitting with them in their pain is, is not easy to do. And a lot of us don't have the patience to do that. It, uh, I think some of my perspective has been like, I've got enough drama for myself. I, I can't take yours on. Yeah. And so I think it's like, life is hard. It's full of pain, full of disappointment, full of loss. And the idea of, of actually allowing myself to feel other people's pain and loss and disappointment mm-hmm. is too much to bear. Mm-hmm. And so for a lot of people, it's overload. It's just overload. And I know my wife, I'm married to someone who's high empathy. And I, I think that there's a reality that she's, she's often taxed and exhausted by the fact she feels other people's pain. Um, I mean, even in the counseling world, there's like, there's like um, diagnosed conditions about like secondary trauma, hmm. you know, and the toll it takes by hearing people's pain and to go, go there with them. I mean, there's, there's an exhaustion that comes to those that enter into the well, go down into the pit with other people. So th- there's truth to this. Empathy is hard. Empathy is exhausting. Empathy is taxing. However, there's real good that is done when we give it. And certainly there's real good that's received when I get it. Yeah. And, and to go back to where you kind of entered this conversation, there is this concept or direction today that we're heading culturally that empathy is the secret sauce. It's something we just need more of mm-hmm. that if we can get in the well with other people and experience, I, I find this interesting. I think a lot of people say to feel what they're feeling, mm-hmm. but based on the definitions here, that sounds more like sympathy than empathy. Yeah. But empathy to, to put yourself in their place and carry the hard things as they're carrying them. So yeah, like you mentioned, Brene Brown, who's in essence built an entire brand mm-hmm. on empathy. And uh, it seems to be coming across to us as like, well, okay. So the solution for all things is that we would just be more empathetic. So one of the questions I want to raise in this conversation is, can empathy go too far? Yeah. And I'll, let me caveat that because I want you to go there. I think it's important. I think a lot of people, you know, they, they feel in their gut like there's something that anything out of balance, like anything that's just overemphasized at the exclusion of, of, of all the rest um, can become a problem. Yeah. So, so like one of them I just mentioned, the, the, the idea of exhaustion, you can deplete yourself by being overly empathetic. You've got to actually have boundaries. You've got to be able to practice self-care. And if you over-empathize, you can wear yourself out. So that, I think that's one of the limitations. What else would you say about that? I, well, I think there, so I don't know that I'm smart enough to speak to this in, in the way that I introduced it. Uh, the first time that I began wrestling with that question was I, I, began, I became aware of a book by Paul Bloom, who's a Yale professor, and it's titled Against Empathy. He really makes the case. He's smart. He goes to Yale, right? So we'll let someone like that talk about it. And he makes the case that empathy can go too far. There's a, a place in which empathy crosses a line and begins to harm society mm. because 
if we're just, what if the hard things that someone is experiencing is because it's harmful for them? And, and if you just empathize with them in their harm of themselves or of the things around them, and we just climb into it and, oh, that's really hard for you. And, you know, we'll just, then that begins to have a, a he would, he would suggest a negative effect mm-hmm. on culture and society as a whole. And mm-hmm. so there, I think his point would be, there's got to be limitations to this. Empathy is good, but it can go too far. I find that to be an interesting concept because many today are suggesting uh, it's kind of the go-to. Well, we just need to be more empathetic. Mm. Like we, we would be better of a society if we just understood them more, or we were more empathetic, knew where they were coming from. Well, what if their agenda is not good? Mm-hmm. What if, what if their desire is to actually harm things that would be beneficial? Like we don't know that for sure. Yeah. Some people may, may be setting out with, with very malintent mm-hmm. and, and to be empathetic to them is not helpful and will in the long run harm more people help them. Yeah. And I, here's another concern. And I, I think this is a biblical issue is you can empathize with somebody and you can feel their pain, but if you're powerless to do anything about their pain, it feels empty. So for example, I think of the book of James, you know, in the new Testament in which, uh, you know, James writes to the church, he said, you know, what good is it going to do if somebody comes in and they're hungry and you pat them on the shoulder and say, I'm so sorry, you're hungry. I really feel your pain. And then you send them away and don't give them something to eat. That's emptiness. That doesn't help anybody. I mean, sure, he feels understood. You know, the, the guy or gal that is hurting feels like, okay, you, you feel me. I'm feeling felt right now. But if you just send me away and don't give me a meal to eat or a glass of water, you didn't really take care of my need. Mm-hmm. So I think to stop an empathy, I think the starting an empathy is fantastic. And I think that's what the people are really asking for, because I know in the world I lived in, I just, I didn't feel like I got a lot of empathy from others. And so I was craving that they would start there, but I would say straight up, it doesn't do any good to end there. If all you do is say, I feel you, I'm so sorry, you know, I, I can relate, I can identify with you. And then you just pat them on the back and send them on their way. I would say, well, thanks for feeling me, but I, my problem isn't solved. Well, I think you bring up a really good point of the, you're entering disposition to relationship. Are you, do you have the ability to be empathetic out of the gate and not uh, cold or closed off in relationships to other people and what they're going through, right? At yeah. least giving others the space because they're having an experience with life and, and to try to figure that out. But we can travel that road too far where now it starts accounting for things that are actually harmful. I'm as, as we're talking about this, I'm mm-hmm. trying to come up with a really practical example because I don't want people just drawing their own conclusions about what we're saying here, what things we might be referencing. Mm-hmm. The one thing that comes to mind is like um, someone who's con- committed a heinous murder, right? They've, they've killed somebody who's offended them and it's a heinous crime. And then they come back and tell you about all the pain that they experienced at the hands of this person and whatever, and manipulate the facts, let's say to, because they can know that they can uh, cause people's empathy to trigger and go, Oh, well, it really was okay for him to do it. No, it's not okay. Right. Right. The person killed somebody. Mm -hmm. 
And, and regardless of the, the story or narrative that they share, it doesn't make it right. And so I, I don't know if that is a, an exhaustive or best example that I could give, but it can travel too far. Oh, I think it's, it's makes a really good point. I, I think about a really important concept here that I think we need to talk about. And I would suggest it's, it's a bit of a solution to this problem because empathy is needed and we need more of it. And I think a lot of people skip it. You know, it's sort of like skipping grief. Skipping grief is no good. You can't really get healthy until you learn to grieve. But when it comes to empathy, I think we all need it and we all ought to give it. Mm-hmm. And I think we all need to start with it. So for example, when I'm going through a hard time, the last thing I need from you is to come in and just tell me how to fix the problem. Sometimes I just need what's called containment, right? Just listen to me, validate me. You know what I mean? Tell me what I'm, what I'm suffering is real and it's okay to feel this way. You know, the, the big statement these days is it's okay to not be okay. Yes, I need to know that. And we need to feel that and communicate that to each other. So that's, that's a glaring thing that's needed today, but that's not all I need. On the frame of human need, on the scale of human need, there are two things that everybody needs. On one end of the scale is grace. Mm-hmm. We need grace. And honestly, it starts there. Starting with grace is where we need to begin. And a lot of people just don't start there. So the scale on one side is grace. On the other side is truth. And I would say that half of the human need is on each side of the scale. Sometimes we need grace. And I would say that almost always it's what we need first, but that's not all we need. There's a whole range of human needs on the side of truth. Sometimes in addition to empathy, I need honesty. Mm-hmm. at some point I need you to tell me what I'm missing. I need you to tell me what I need to hear. Yeah. Do it in love, but I need the truth. Well, and on that same spectrum of truth, there's confrontation. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we need to be confronted by the fact that what we're doing may not actually be helpful to ourselves or others. Mm-hmm. Now, this is not a very, uh, in, in our culture today, this is not something that, people find very helpful. They want you to be empathetic to their situation, but they don't want you to tell them anything that could potentially Mm -hmm. be wrong with it. That's right. And that's the problem. You know, that, that people don't want to hear the truth. I just want you to basically understand me. And if you don't agree with me, Mm -hmm. then you are not supportive of me. Yeah. Understand me. And I don't care if what I'm doing and the way I'm approaching life harms anybody else. Mm-hmm. And that's, and I think that that is because under the thing that supports grace and truth that holds it up mm-hmm. for someone who's able to carry those things in a valuable way and utilize them in relationship is love itself is yeah. the foundation that undergirds grace and truth. It helps us, gives us the ability to discern what someone needs at any given point, because we're setting out to become a loving individual. And Mm -hmm. the reason I bring that up is because that's at the base of all of this for us, right? And for Mm -hmm. love and transformation for the four dimensions is the end goal is to become more loving. And if we want to become that, then we will carry grace and truth Mm -hmm. appropriately. Yeah. To be loving is to be, to be balanced on those two things. And I'm so glad you said that, that, Honestly, the most important thing is to be loving to others and ask ourselves in every situation, what's the most loving thing I can do here? And here's the thing. 
depending on the situation, it might be the most loving thing to do in that moment is to do like what Job's friends did to sit down in the pit with them. You know what I mean? And just listen to them. Just be reassuring, just encourage, be understanding, identify, validate to, to meet those needs. But there are other times and maybe the time changes in which the greatest need is not to just be understood and heard. The greatest need is to offer truth. I think the problem isn't, you know, avoiding one or the other. It's about learning to use them both in discerning ways to, to be able to navigate timing, you know, and I would say, this is what's important. Grace and truth both matter, but the order matters too. Yeah. Always start with grace, but don't end there. Right. Always begin with empathy, but don't stop there. Follow up with real substance. What's the real underlying need and what truth they need to receive? But this is so important, knowing when to give it and how to give it. Yeah, I think it does it's- no good to just drop a bomb on somebody, right? And just say, kaboom, this is what you need to hear. <laughs> well, we've all seen the intervention shows. And I think this is a great example of when truth is finally offered to somebody who's, say, an alcoholic. Mm-hmm. And they bring their loved ones around them and they begin to share either in written form. I think almost always it's in a letter form where they're reading the way in which the person's lifestyle has affected the people they claim to love the most, those who are most directly affected by it, Mm -hmm. sharing truth about the difficulty that's been caused. Because a lot of times people in those situations can't see those things unless someone tells them Mm -hmm. they might know they're there or realize through the circumstances or whatever, that stuff's going down in other people's lives as a result of their behavior. But when you hear it very much laid out in a truth format, it's harder to carry. And and we've all seen the results sometimes is that people go into treatment and they end up their lives changed. But the flip side of that would be the enabling thing where it never gets addressed or, or it's actually portrayed as a good thing. Like this is a helpful thing for people and for society. This is free slope of empathy that goes too far. We just make permission for all things. Yeah. And there's, there's a term that um, counselors use uh, called fragilization hmm. in which we are culturally, we're fragilizing everybody when we're too afraid to tell them truth, <laughs> you know, and quite honestly, it's just, you, it's all, you know, broken glass and we got to be careful and we don't want to offend. We don't want to upset. Um, and so we have to be very careful to, to affirm the importance of sharing truth, but also the way we do it and how we do it and the spirit in which we do it matters. Loving, truth is never done in anger and condemnation. It's never done in self-righteousness. It's never done in judgment. It's done in what's called compassion. Mm -hmm. Compassion is really even scripturally what we're called to do with others. But here's the thing about compassion. I can be incredibly compassionate to somebody else and still tell them the truth. You can tell the truth with compassion. It's when we don't tell the truth with compassion that we are harsh and judgmental and disconnected. So I would just say, as we sort of tie this off here today and kind of wrap up this subject, because we can go on and on and on about empathy is to just challenge the growth junkies out there to really give thought to the value of the spectrum of grace and truth and the order of the two. And that underlies both of them is loving being loving love 
is what drives us to the order of those two, to begin with grace, but to always follow up with truth and to always do it in a loving or compassionate way. Just remember, compassion doesn't mean you withhold truth from people. It means you do share truth with people, but you do it with grace and compassion and kindness and understanding. People want it. They need it. They crave it. They have to have it. But how we do it matters. So I want to ask you a question. I want to hear you interact with this as we're kind of moving to the end of the subject. Mm -hmm. We're using a word truth that... um, Many today, it's probably more than not in culture would say is a relative term. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it might mean something to you and mean something completely different to me, mm-hmm. which as we've talked about in previous podcasts, completely under, undermines the, the definition of the word anyway. Mm-hmm. So how do you navigate a climate like that? when you're wanting to share truth from a loving place and be empathetic, but the person on the other side looks at you and goes, well, that's your truth. It's not mine. Yeah. I would say this um, to, to kind of sum it up, you know, there, there is the big T truth and there's a little T truth. So the big T truth would be uh, the truth that you and I would agree on. And anybody that would call themselves a Christian or believes in the Bible, for example, would have to subscribe to the big T truth, which is, this universal overarching truth that comes from God like an and is conveyed to us in scripture. So we would say that that's sort of universal truth that we can share with people. Um, I realize there's people and there's listeners that maybe don't subscribe to that. And so they don't have access to the big T truth. Instead they have the little T truth, which is really um, whatever really meets the need of the moment. So for that purpose, I would say, um, Clearly, in a Christian context, if you believe in the authority of Scripture, then you got to bring in the big T truth and call it what it is. This is what the truth says, and people need that. But if you don't have that, then the question becomes, okay, what substantive answer does this person need to the situation they're dealing with? What is, what is the tangible thing that they need to be able to answer and, and solve this problem? So whatever meets the need of the moment. So in our situation, we believe the word of God can meet the need of the moment, but also there's this value of truth that comes through, through nature, through uh, what we see all around us that actually has usefulness to meeting the needs of people that we can all draw upon. In other words, common understanding of what really works and what really makes sense. The big T being this, it's, it's an authority that governs all of us, right? Mm-hmm. That we point to and adhere to versus telling it what it should think. Yeah. And, and so theologians distinguish between what's called um, special revelation and general revelation. So special revelation is what's revealed to us in the Bible, God speaking directly to us. So that's one way that we have truth. But another truth that we have access to is what's called general uh, or natural revelation. Like gravity. It, Yes, it, it's, it's the things that we all see around us that are sort of the rules of nature that sort of like we just all agree, sort of come to realize, oh, this is true. We, we can agree upon this. And that's another form of truth that we can draw upon, that we can all draw upon whether you consider yourself religious or not. Yeah, if you drop your iPhone, it's going to hit the ground. And it might. That's it. Because we all experience gravity. Yeah. Yeah, so the, the fact is truth is available. Truth is available. And then I, 
I would like to think that we have truth that's available in scripture and truth that's available in nature, mm-hmm. but, but people need both. What they need is truth, something to hang their hat on, something to hold on to when the emotion runs out, you know, when, when the resonance and understanding has done its job, mm-hmm. there's a hunger and a thirst for more. I want real answers. I want real understanding about what I can do in my life. And so people are hungry for that. We've got to give it to them. So yeah, that's maybe a longer answer than I anticipated, but I think we need to say that, that there's people do need grace and they need truth in that order. Does that make sense? Helpful. Okay. So with that being said, uh, growth junkies, we can go on and on about empathy. It's a really important topic, but I hope what we did here today was kind of get the wheels turning, get you thinking about it, maybe start some conversation, but really truly uh, empathy does matter. It is a secret sauce. And I think we do need more of it. Uh, it's not all we need, but it is what we need. So with that being said, I want to invite you to, you can find out more about us at the Love and Transformation Institute by visiting our website at loveandtransformation.org. You can also get in touch with us there and even donate and support. Uh, we're a 501c3 organization. We value uh, your help and support. Uh, also, um, this podcast uh, is an extension of the Love and Transformation Institute, the Growth Junkies, and you can help us by telling other people about it. If you like this podcast, spread the word. Tell your friends to tune in uh, as we deal with these subjects that are really important and relevant to life in this time. So thanks for joining us. We look forward to our next episode on the Growth Junkies. See you then.